You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And welcome down to Socks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti. It's a brand new day, folks. Baseball is coming back July the 1st. Everybody gets back to spring training. And then on the 23rd or 24th, somewhere about there, baseball begins. 60 games in 66 days. It's not exactly what we all wanted, but I am pumped about it. You've been listening to this White Sox simulated season ever since opening day. Socks in the Basement has been giving it to you. And we're going to bring it to a good conclusion. Talked with Sox on 35th. They've been doing all the articles following the games. We've talked about what we're going to do, and here's the layout. We're going to host Oakland, as we would have, this game and tomorrow. But instead of a game on Sunday, we're going to have our first of a couple different fast-forwards through the season. I'm going to sit down and talk with you about what the team does over a period of about a month. It'll take us through the All-Star game and into the beginning of the second half. On Tuesday, you're going to get Carlos Rodon's triumphant return when we think it could have happened. It's going to be during the series against the Cubs in Wrigley. And seeing as how we're going to be playing the Cubs in meaningful games during this 60-game season, it'll be nice to at least get one in with the Northsiders on the simulated show. And remember, Sox in the Basement returned to its normal format this past Wednesday. Dave back on the show talking about real-life baseball. We'll have that for you as well next Wednesday. For now, though, the White Sox are red hot. They've won five in a row. They just swept the Detroit Tigers in four games at home. And now Oakland comes to town. It's Socks in the Basement, a 2020 simulated season. Brought to you by Cork and Carey at the Park, open now at 33rd in Princeton. On the podcast for fans by fans, Socks in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Let's go. Welcome to Guaranteed Rate Field as the Oakland A's at 39 and 42 play the Chicago White Sox at 50 and 32, back up to 18 games over 500. The high water mark, they've reached it again after a five game winning streak. White Sox come into this game only five games back from the Minnesota Twins and a half game out of the wild card spot and behind the Indians. In the standings, Dylan Cease is 6-4 and four with a 4.01 ERA and 16 starts, a 1.36 whip, 82 strikeouts so far on the season. He's got Grandal catching him. Ramon Laureano playing center field for the A's will lead off for them. Cease looks in for the sign and delivers. First pitch, a ball high, four-seam fastball. 1-0 the count. The right-handed batter stands in. Let's go around the horn. Yasmani Grandal behind the plate. Abreu over at first base. By the way, the first pitch announced at 7-10 tonight. It's now a four-seamer, hits the inside corner, 68 degrees. Clear skies, 11-mile-an-hour winds blowing in from right field. So a little windy out there today. At second, Leori Garcia is actually getting a start in the infield for the first time in a while, giving Nick Mandrigal a day off. And if you're asking why Danny Mendick isn't at second, it's because he's at short. Tim Anderson needed a day as well. Moncada is at third. Jimenez in left. The red-hot Luis Robert is in center, and this ball sent out there right now into the gap. Robert's going to run it down. It's going to be a double for the leadoff hitter for the A's to start off this game. 
16th double of the season so far for Laureano. Into the left center field gap. So Cease gives up a two-bagger right away. And in right field, I didn't mention that, Nomar Mazzara. Robbie Grossman, Robbie Grossman, left-handed hitter, stands in hitting only 188. He's 1-0 in the count right away from Cease. Beautiful Friday night here at the rate. In a White Sox simulated game, it's part of a full simulated season. So much going on here at Sox in the basement, especially with baseball coming back. We're going to talk all about it here during this game. One and one now after a foul ball. Now this one lifted in the left, tailing back near the wall. Jimenez is going to look up and catch it right at the fence. I thought that was going over. It did not, luckily. The runner is going to advance to third. And Dylan Cease looks shaky right out of the gate with a double and a near home run to a guy who's hitting 188. Here comes Marcus Simeon, guy who came up with the White Sox, hitting 313, became an MVP caliber player, 12 homers and 51 RBIs, and it's undeniable when you sit back and think about what he is doing with his career to think that the White Sox did something wrong, either in their evaluation or their development, for him to turn into the player he's turned into after he's left this team. Batting in the three-hole now in Oakland and doing a very good job. Outside slider swung on and missed. One and one the count here now with one out at the top of the first. Cease looks in and delivers. And a low outside changeup misses two and one. So we mentioned a little bit about the schedule coming up here on Sacks in the Basement. As we get ready for regular baseball and still want to give you a conclusion to the simulation. And I know the simulation, a lot of people enjoy it. We've had so many really nice comments. I'm going to get into some of them. I just want to share them with you. In the last 48 hours, as baseball is coming back and people are saying thank you for getting them to this point. Ground ball to Moncada. His only play is going to be the first. The runner is going to come home on the ground out by Simeon, and it's 1-0 Oakland. So they got him on, they got him over, and they got him in. 1-0, two outs, and nobody on here now in the top of the first inning for Matt Olson. Olson's hitting 247 with 12 homers. And 42 RBI, the lefty stands in with an odd batting stance. The bat is straight up in the air over the plate. He brings it back in as the pitcher goes into the wind right before release. That's a lot going on. You know, you don't teach kids to do that. You tell them, be in your ready spot when the ball comes out. He moves the bat back into position to hit as the ball's coming out, and then he's still got to come back forward. Swing and a miss there, one and one the count. Cease into the line, throws inside and hits him. And down into the dirt goes Olsen. That ball came up and in and hits him under the armpit as he dives out of the way. So Cease has given up a double, a ball to the wall, the RBI on the ground out, and now has hit a batter. That's how he started his game off. Mark Hanna comes up, 326 average, 16 homers, 49 RBI. His average leads his team. The righty now has a runner on first and the pitch on the way. Fouled off into the dugout. 0-1 the count. So we're going to have simulated games as they would have happened today and tomorrow. And I'm going to also break down what happened in that Detroit series for you here in a moment. As we didn't have all those games broadcast because of the news, the show coming back. Just trying to get everything set up. 1-1 pitch. On the way here, the A's five hitter, low outside fastball misses two and one the count. 
So we'll have a broadcast today and tomorrow with Oakland in town. Sunday, though, it's going to be a fun show as we're going to take you through several weeks at a time with highlights, discussions, stats, trends, how the team goes into the All-Star break, how the team comes out of the All-Star break, any news and notes, who makes it to the All-Star team, how they perform. It's going to be a fun day on Sunday. Fast-forwarding to late July. As this ball is lifted into left center field, Jimenez goes back into the gap, gets underneath it, and will make the catch. The inning is over. A shaky start for Cease, 20 pitches, gives up a run and hits a batter. But midway through the first, it's only 1-0 Oakland. Frankie Montaz takes the mound. Frankie, 15 starts, 6-7 and seven record over 68 and two-thirds innings with a 5.90 ERA and a whip of 1.73. This is a guy you should get to, and you should get to him multiple times in a game. Larry Garcia comes to the plate, hitting 285 with six home runs. He had a home run just yesterday in the finale against Detroit. Sacks won four games in a row against Detroit. We aired one of them on Tuesday. That's a ball outside, 1-0 the count. Luis Robert hit a home run in game three. Sacks had three extra inning games, if I'm not mistaken, during that run, including the one on Tuesday. And they won all four games by one run. Tuesday and Wednesday were both five to four extra inning games. As this one's popped out to second base, and there's one gone. Dallas Keuchel, though, went seven innings yesterday and only gave up one run. And the Sox pulled out a victory behind home runs from James McCann and Larry Garcia. Yasmani Grandal also got a home run this week. He's up to 21 total. And he's 1-0 in the count as he stands in, hitting 293. He grounds this one down the third base line. 1-1 the count. One out here, the bottom of the first inning, after the Garcia pop-out. Yesterday, Jose Abreu was out of the lineup. Wasn't feeling well. Grandal caught McCann DH'd. This one's grounded to third base. Two gone. Mancada comes up hitting 336. 14 homers, 45 RBIs. He leads his team in batting average. He's in the top five in Major League Baseball, and he's sixth in the All-Star vote at third base. That's ridiculous. Batting lefty right now, the man with 14 home runs and 24 doubles. Stands up at the plate and takes one outside, 1-0 the count. He's doing it from the three spot. Not all third basemen are contributing to their team in the middle of the order that are sitting in front of him on that list. I would imagine if he has a season like he's having right here, he's a shoo-in to make the All-Star game. But not in the MLB The Show sip. 2-1 the count to Mancada. Two outs here in the bottom of the first inning. Swing and sent down the first baseline foul. 2-2. Two and two. So the Sox rattled off five including that last game in Cleveland and the four-game sweep of the Tigers. They're now 7-0 against Detroit when they play here in Chicago, 1-2 against them in Detroit. Count is full, 3-2. That ball's ripped in the right field, coming on quickly. The play will be made. They had a shift on for Mancada. Otherwise, I think it falls in. A 1-2-3 inning here in the first. 
and after one we trail one nothing to Oakland. Matt Chapman comes up. Third baseman has 52 RBI and 12 homers to go with a 303 average. He's one of those guys in front of Moncada in the all-star balloting at third base. Cease into the wind. Swing and a miss on a curveball inside. 0-1 the count. Chapman's hitting 364 over his last nine games. So he is on a tear right now. A low slider misses. 1-1 the count. Piscotti stands on deck. The 1-1 pitch. Inside changeup misses 2-1. We have Oakland again tomorrow. The fast forward of the simulation taking us to late July when the White Sox will be in Wrigley. And that is when we believe Carlos Rodon could have made his debut coming back to the team after his surgery and being out for so long. This one's flied out to deep center, but Roberts got it, and there's one gone. So you're going to get that one on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Sox in the basement returns. Joe Binder, the lead guy over at Sox on 35th, who helped us out with this whole thing. A combo effort with Sox in the basement and the world-famous SoxOn35th.com, the blog. Piscotti hitting 276, swings and misses at the first offering, a 97-mile-an-hour fastball on the outside corner. 0-1 the count. He'll be on. We're going to talk about what this sim tells us, if anything, about what the Sox could do in a 60-game schedule. 0-2 the count. Cease immediately goes back and throws a four-seamer high, 1-2. One gone here in the top of the second. So Joel will be joining myself and Dave next Wednesday on the 30 Minutes of Socks that is for fans by fans, the Socks in the Basement podcast. This one's popped foul on the first baseline. Nobody's going to get to it. Count remains one and two. Pitch number 30 already for Cease here with one gone in the top of the second. Check swing. He did not go two and two the count. Slider outside, swung on and missed. And there's two gone. I'm going to have a huge decision to make, too, when Rodon finally joins the team. Because I intend to make him a starting pitcher. I don't intend to put him into the bullpen like we did with Kopech. So somebody's leaving the rotation. If you went on stats alone, you would consider being Giolito or Keiko. But that's not realistic. So then you look at Gio Gonzalez, he's probably making the all-star team in this sim. He's 9-1. Outside changeup misses 1-1 Austin Allen, the left-handed catcher. He's hitting 270 on the year. Next pitch, skied in the right center field, running quickly back is Robert on the move. He makes the catch and bounces into the fence. Cease is making the outfielders work today. Midway through the second, 1-0 Oakland. Aloy Jimenez steps in. Bottom of the second inning. It's hitting 270. Sitting on 14 home runs still. And a low outside two-seamer misses 1-0 the count. Montez only needed 13 pitches in the first inning. Check swing on a two-seamer called a strike 1-1. One one. So in reality, it's Lopez or Cease that will likely move to the bullpen when Carlos Rodon returns in our simulation. And I'm reserving judgment on them and whether or not all of a sudden Gio Gonzalez runs into a wall. I'm reserving judgment until we get to that date. We're going to learn about it all, though, on Sunday's first fast-forward show. And then 
you could pretty much expect simulated baseball or a fast-forward episode talking about the simulation on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays for the next couple of weeks. We've got it mapped out so we can give you some fun games. We're going to have that Minnesota series for sure. That'll happen in September. It'll probably be a big series. It's in Minnesota, but we're going to do it. As the count is full now to Jimenez. We're going to leave room for the finale of the season. If it's close, trying to win the division, we're going to leave room for games. Maybe we'll get a clincher in there, although it's hard to predict it. As this one's flying out to center field. And hopefully some playoff baseball. We're going to work all that in. We're going to have it all done the weekend before baseball returns. Because we also want to cover the White Sox. That's the thing we like talking about most here on Sox in the Basement. It's the reason why we become pretty much a household name now, I think, amongst podcasts covering the White Sox. And we're fortunate to do that. I know there's other good ones out there. We appreciate the fact you listen. As Jose Abreu's in hitting 274, he's found his power stroke as of late. He's up to 14 homers. Fouls that one off, one and one the count. Montas into the wind. This one's lifted out in the left field. You can cancel the postgame show as it's a base hit. The Sox have their first here off of Montas, who I mentioned earlier, comes into the game with a 1.73 whip and an ERA over five. The Sox finally get a hit here. And Edwin Encarnacion is going to come up now to the plate. The DH in the sixth spot. See if he can drive the ball someplace and move Abreu around. The average has taken a dip this week while the Sox have been winning. Only hitting 258, sitting on 16 homers. Right now, Southpaw's on top of a dugout dancing, and the folks are excited. One gone here, Bob in the second, runner on first in Abreu. First pitch swung on and missed inside two-seamer. 0-1 the count. Dantas takes a breath and delivers. A low and away slider, 1-1. One one. So it should be fun finishing out the sim. It also should be a lot of fun getting back to White Sox baseball and talking about what's going on as we learn something new every day right now about what this is going to be like. As a high four-seamer misses, two and one now the count. Edwin stands in, trying to find the right pitch. Swung on and driven deep down the third baseline, hooking just foul. Two and two, the count is even on a long strike there. He was out just a little bit in front of it. Next pitch inside jammed and also fouled back. Two and two, the count remains. Abreu taking a healthy leadoff from first base. And a high slider misses. The count is full. Danny Mendick stands on deck hitting 269. Five homers and 19 RBI. He's had a pretty good rookie campaign coming off the bench. Still, in my opinion, the best rookie at the plate between the three of them and you look at him and Robert and Madrigal. Brown ball over to third. They're going to try to turn it around, and they will easily because Edwin runs like he's got a bag of bricks in his pocket. Five to four to three. The inning is over. After two, it's one nothing A's. You're in the Family Waterproofing Solutions third inning. Family Waterproofing has been doing a great job all around the south side, all around all of northern Illinois, all around northwest Indiana. A family business that continues to grow exponentially day after day after day is because people like what they do. They do good work. Foundation issues, you got problems in your basement, you got seepage, you got leaking, you got 
you got to deal with some window wells. You got to worry about pavement that's out of line. You know, you might have some foundation issues causing the sidewalk next to your house. These guys come in, they diagnose it. They can do it online. They can do it with pictures on the phone. They can come there in person, whatever you're comfortable with. They do the work safely, securely, and well. If you don't believe me, just look them up. Details coming up halfway through this inning. And remember to mention the Socks in the Basement deals. They have lots of them for you. Family-owned, veteran-owned, and female-owned. As Tony Kemp comes up and walks on four straight pitches, and Dylan Cease puts the leadoff man on here in the Family Waterproofing Solutions third inning. And that's the nine-hitter you just put on on four pitches to start off the third. He is not sharp today. Early in the season, very sharp. He's been a mixed bag the last three or four starts. He'll be, he'll be really good, and then he'll struggle and just try to find a way through it. Now, the good news is he seems to be powering through the mistakes. But he was worn out last game and probably isn't even 100% coming into this one, even after the regular rest. Owen won the count here to Laurinato, who pops this one up near the plate, but Mancata's going to come down from third, call off Grandal and make the catch. There's one gone here in the top of the third inning. Remember, Family Waterproofing Solutions gives a portion of their proceeds to veterans and first responder organizations, which I think is awesome as well. And we're very happy to have them as a part of the Sox in the Basement family. Low and away changeup misses 1-0 the count. Robbie Grossman has had three stops in his seven-year career. Houston, Minnesota, and now here in Oakland. He's 0-for-1 in this game, and he's 2-0 in the count. Take out the quick pop-up, and Cease has not found the plate this inning. That one down the middle gets mercifully fouled down the first baseline. He could have ripped that all the way out to the Dan Ryan Expressway. A low and away pitch grounded over to third and bobbled by Moncada. He's still going to try to get him at second, and he does, but they can't turn it to first, so he knocks it down. Doesn't go as an error because you got a runner on the force out, but he definitely misplayed that ball at third, and here comes Simeon now. You might not have had to see him, but you're going to see him with a runner on first. He's 0 for 1 and sees up to 44 pitches here with two outs on the top of the third. Low inside fastball misses, barely. 1-0 the count. He went 3 for 4 yesterday before he got to town with a home run and 3 RBI. Outside fastball fouled off. 1-1 the count. Cease went low and in and then high and outside. So he's moving it around with him. Now he goes low and outside on a fastball and hits the corner. Taken. 1-2 the count. Ground ball down the first baseline. Foul. Count remains 1-2. And an outside curveball misses two and two the count now. So everything's evened up at two. Two outs, top of the third, runner on first. Fouls that one straight back into the upper deck. Count remains even. Now he fouls off another one, so he's hanging in there. This one lifted... Down the third baseline, hooking foul. Long at bat. And this can't do much good at all for Cease as another one is fouled off. A battle at the plate here. He's up to 53 pitches. He isn't out of the third. Start getting that bullpen ready. Now he misses high, and the count is full. 
Marcus Simeon now takes a four-seamer inside, and he's walked. So he wins the battle against Dylan Cease. And as Olsen comes to the plate, they're going to come out and talk with their young pitcher, who really has thrown a lot of pitches so far. 55 at this point. 26 balls, 29 strikes. He's only through two and two-thirds. They got to slow things down and come up with a better plan here because it's not working. Olsen was hit the first time up. Ball came up and in. He dove out of the way. Luckily, it didn't take out his face. Lucky for him. Now a low inside pitch right away backs him off, and he's upset. I don't think there's any history here, but he doesn't like all the inside pitches on him. Want to know the count as that one missed. And the next one, a swing and a miss on an outside four-seamer. Count is even at one. Already Michael Kopech is up tossing. Evan Marshall as well. Cease just not off to a good start today. High outside four-seamer misses, two and one. White Sox haven't had a day off in over a week, nearly a week and a half. And a four-seamer on the outside corner catches the plate two and two. And the hardest thing with that is keeping everybody fresh, especially your pitchers. Ground ball, the second base. Slow roller, scooped. Leury over the first. And the inning is over. So Dylan Cease comes off the mound. Sox fans are excited they're out of the inning. But he has not performed efficiently. Midway through the third, one nothing A's. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sock side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at familybasementwaterproofing.com. The Chicago White Sox rank third in the American League in runs per game at 5.48, average at 278, and on base percentage at 349. As a team, they have the fourth highest slugging percentage at 475 in the AL, and 121 home runs put them fifth in the American League. Danny Mendick will step to the plate. He has five of those home runs, hitting 269, playing short today. The righty stands in and gets ready to kick off the bottom of the third. Only 30 pitches so far for Montas through two innings. Sox making it easy on him so far. He's only given up one hit. Mendick, 5 for 15 over his last five games. That's a 333 average with my quick math. The 1-0 count on the way from the righty Montas. This one's fouled off down the first baseline, 1-1. One one. You know, I'm looking at this new season this 60 games, and trust me, I'm not happy that it's only 60. 
I'm a little annoyed with Major League Baseball. We talked about that, got into it very deeply. On the podcast, is still available on demand from last Wednesday. This is a base hit in the center field. Didn't land until it got to the outfield. Cleared the dirt. A solid hit from Mendick. And the leadoff man is on, and he has speed. But complaining about the length at this point, there's nothing we can do. I will, though, complain about the schedule. Somebody explain to me why we have to play these National League Central teams when with 60 games you could have just done 15 against all four teams in your division and had a true division champion. As Mazzaro steps in hitting 211, he is starting to climb out of the hole he dug himself early in the season. He's 1-1, one one, though, after that two-seamer gets across. In his last 10 games, he has six runs batted in. Takes a high outside fastball, 2-1. and one. This one swung on and driven down the first baseline into the corner. That is a home run! Mazzara just clears the wall in the corner, inside the foul pole. It drops into the Goose Island section. At field level, into those super expensive seats with the TV screens. They were probably watching it on TV. A two-run home run. Nomar Mazzara, like I said, he's coming out of this early season thing and starting to figure it out. He wraps that one down the line. I had every intention of saying it got down fair because I thought that was going to hit the wall or land on the track, and it just never came down. A line drive home run by Mazzara, and it's 2-1 to one White Sox. And Luis Robert, who now has the average up to 226, six home runs and 29 RBI. The average has risen 20 points this month. He was hitting under 200 for the first two months of the season with every day at bats. In his last three games, five for 13 with that home run that got him from five to six since the last time we spoke. And a slider on the outside corner called the strike one and two to the center fielder and nine hitter in the lineup today. No outs in the bottom of the third inning. The Sox now lead two to one. After the Mazzara two-run home run and Robert going to check it up. They're going to say he went around on an inside pitch and he goes down on strikes. Back to my point about this Major League Baseball schedule. I don't get it. I also don't get the idea that we're going to play the Cubs more than we're going to play other teams in the National League Central. If you're going to have 20 games and there's five teams, we should play them all four times apiece. So I'm, I'm just confused by some of the things coming out that's trickling out, you know. You don't know if anything's going to change here. It seems like baseball's kind of flying by the seat of their pants, but they just can't get out of their own way making dumb decisions. This one's down the third baseline. Fair ball. Garcia goes Apo, puts it down the line. It's going to roll into the corner. He's got a double. And Leary with a one-out double, his 16th of the season. And they're going to come out and talk with Montas now, who's let two balls down the line. One of them got out for a two-run home run. Given up three hits so far in this inning. And there's a runner in scoring position with speed. Yasmani Grandal stands in the left-handed batter's box and takes a strike at the knees. 0-1 the count. 292 average, 21 home runs, and 60 RBI. Whew. Man, I hope we get something like that for 60 games. Wow. The pitch on the way. Foul ball down the third baseline, 0-2. And you know, this National League Central is no slouch. 
They really aren't. The Reds are going to be good. The Cardinals are always good. The Cubs are good. It's, it's, you, you look at it, you go, our competition got hard because of who we're playing. And don't say, well, they don't have a DH. They all have players. The Pirates actually look like a better team when you can add a DH to that lineup. Swing and a miss by Grandal. He's down on strikes. There's two gone. And Yo-Yo Moncada comes to the plate. 334 average. Slugging 578. Getting on base at a 388 clip. Takes a strike in the outside corner. 0-1 the count with Garcia at second. Two gone here in the bottom of the third. Sox already got two runs on a two-run home run from Mazzara. Montas up to 48 pitches now. Delivers one on the outside corner that misses. One and one. Next offering low, two and one the count. The other crazy thing is that baseball keeps trying to say that we're trying to limit the interaction of the players by only having them play certain teams. Well, if you didn't add in the National League Central, if everybody just stayed in our division, the player pools would be five teams. But instead now, 10 teams will be interacting with each other during those 66 days. That right there is also surprising. They talk out of one side of their mouth, then they say something completely different out of the other side of their mouth at the same time. And in the middle of all of it, we're all still excited because we love baseball. As a fly ball is lifted down the left field line, it's a fair ball in the corner and over the wall. It bounced and went over the wall, an RBI double. Moncada takes it oppo down the line, just like Garcia did, his hits and bounces over the wall for a ground rule double. A runner is in in Garcia as he scores from second. He gets to advance two bases. It's 3-1 to one White Sox. And Jimenez comes to the plate now. 0-1 with a fly out in the second and swings and misses at the first offering on the inside corner. 0-1 the count. The average at 269 right now. I would say it's probably dipped just, what, five points as he's moved into the number four spot. And over the last three games, he's actually hitting 333, four for 12. He's 0-2 here, though. After swinging an outside pitch. Now this one misses a slider away, 1-2. Montas went back to the same thing. But he was too far outside, and Jimenez had just seen it. Moncada leads off of second. Sox lead 3-1. They put up a crooked number here in the third. And a low pitch in the dirt. Down to third base, and he is out at third. Moncada thought the ball got away. It really didn't. It just rolled behind the catcher about a foot and a half. He tried for third and was gunned down. And we're into the top of the fourth inning with the Sox leading 3-1. to one. Yuan Moncada thought that ball had rolled more. Made a decision to go. And you can see on the replay, it comes behind the catcher and hits the umpire's foot and dies. And all he had to do was turn around, pick it up, and throw it. And he got Moncada trying to go from second to third there with two outs on what would have been a pass ball or wild pitch, especially if he advances. First pitch from Cease to Mark Canha, who's 0 for 1. is a ball outside. 1 and 0 the count. Now a four-seamer foul back, 1 and 1. A low curveball misses. 2 and 1. Now this one's ripped down the first baseline. Fair ball. 
He's going to round first and head for second. The throw coming in from Mazzara is not in time. And a leadoff double for Canna. Mark Canna puts that one down the first baseline. Moving very quickly, gets in the second. Now Matt Chapman comes to the plate. 0 for 1 with a fly out in the second inning. Sox lead 3 to 1. Cease has already thrown 65 pitches here. But with a two-run lead, you're hoping he can put something together and get you a few more innings. Slider high, call the strike, 1-1. One one. He struggled early on, but he only gave up the one run. The leadoff guy continues to get on, though. Sometimes with a double. It's happened twice now. 1-1 one one the count to Chapman. The pitch on the way. Swung on and grounded over to second. Scooped by Garcia over to first. Runner will advance from second to third. There's one gone. This is exactly how the first inning went. A leadoff double, a ground out, advanced him. Actually, I believe it was a flyout, but he advanced on an out and then scored on an out. It was a, a flyout that advanced him and a ground out that brought him to the, to the plate. So the A's trying to manufacture a run here as well with Steven Piscotti. And he's one and one quickly in the count. The righty against the righty cease. The pitch on the way. Low and away, a slider, 2-1. and one. Cease checks the runner at third and now delivers. And a slider catches the outside corner. 2-2 two and two the count, froze him on that one. Checked it up, but it was still a strike. So the count even at two, one out here in the top of the fourth to Piscotti. And a swing and a miss on that. He's down. And Cease gets the second out. With the runner still sitting over at third. His second strikeout of the game, only his second. And there's two gone here in the top of the fourth inning. Austin Allen, the catcher, will now come up and try to get that runner home. The lefty stands in, hitting 269 with a 749 OPS. He's 0 for 1 in this game. Rondal puts the sign down. Cease throws a low curveball that misses. 1-0 the count. Allen's hitting 317 with runners in scoring position. So he has come through for the A's multiple times this season. The 1-0 pitch on the way. Low and away misses a four-seamer 2-0. Two outs, top of the fourth inning. Next offering hits the outside corner. That's a strike. 2-1, and one. I'll be honest, it's in the exact same spot. Both of them were borderline pitches. This one must have looked better to our home plate umpire. Now a low inside slider misses 3-1. Tony Kemp is up on deck, waiting to get up for the second time. He walked on four pitches last time. He's the nine hitter in this order. 3-1 pitch misses, and he walked him. So now first and third as Dylan can't get out of his own way. Two on now with two outs here on the top of the fourth. And here comes Kemp. Tony walked on four pitches. His first time up in the third to lead off that inning. The little lefty stands in, and the first pitch is a strike. 97 miles an hour down the middle. Kemp is only hitting 173 with runners in scoring position. He's hitting 257 on the year. This one is lifted into shallow center field. Robert is moving quickly to come in. He will make the play. And the inning is over. So Dylan Cease escapes again. He's Houdini all day long. Through four, he's given up a run, and we lead 3-1. to one. Aloy Jimenez will get another at bat. 
He was sitting at two and two when Mankata tried to advance on a ball that got in the dirt behind the catcher. He thought it rolled too far. He was gunned down going second to third and inside fastball misses. One and oh the count. The man that blew the cover off of the Houston Astros. Mike Fires. He's warming up for the ace. Two-seamer misses low. 2-0 two the count. That's a line shot in the right field. Base hit for Jimenez. So he's the leadoff man, and he's on with a single. Nice piece of hitting as Montaz is up to 62 pitches now with no outs and a runner on in the bottom of the fourth. Fires is out there. Still warming. Abreu. Takes a low outside pitch for ball one, 1-0 one the count. He's 1-for-1 one one with a single in the second, hitting 276. The stats have gone up since he's been moved down in the order against righties. He will still make an appearance against lefties higher up. This is the ground ball down the third base line. Fair ball in the left. Jimenez thought about going first to third. He's going to hold up. As the ball was cut off before he actually got past the left fielder, and he is not going to be the first out at third base. So first and second, no outs, and here comes Encarnacion. He's 0 for 1 with a ground out in the second inning, hitting 257 with 16 homers. And this ball lifted deep, back into left center field, to the wall, gone! A three-run blast on the first pitch to Edwin. His 17th home run of the season out of here at 401 feet. It left at 101.4 miles per hour and lands in the second row in left center field. A big blast, two home runs in this game for the White Sox. And they lead 6-1 with no outs in the bottom of the fourth here at the rate. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear somebody else call these games in real life and jump around and cheer like you folks. And that's going to be it. Montas is done. I get chills thinking about the first time somebody hits a home run for the White Sox during this 60-game schedule. I don't care if there's nobody in the stands or if there's 10% or 20% or whatever they end up doing. I'm going to be pumped. 33 games for Fires, 3-1 record, 76 in a third innings, an ERA of 4.86. Righty's hitting 246, lefty's hitting 268 against him. He will come in. Another right-handed pitcher, so nothing really changes for the White Sox and their approach at the plate. As Danny Mendick immediately comes up and lifts this one deep. Way back. Danny Mendick puts it halfway up further than Encarnacion at 412 feet. Out of here at 101.5 miles per hour. Back-to-back home runs. The last pitch thrown by Montez and the first pitch thrown by Fires both go out. How often does that happen? Relief pitcher comes into the game. He's standing on deck. And Mendick with the bat flip, too, I'm seeing on the replay. Mendick with the swag bat flip on that one. I love it. As the sun is setting here, the White Sox now lead 7-1. Danny Mendick with the big homer there and flips the bat, and the Sox are feeling it right now. Nomar Mazzara had a two-run home run earlier in this game in the third. He's one for one. He's up to 216. He takes a strike down the middle, 0 for 1. 
this fan base is lit. And Dylan Cease has to be so relieved because he has been out there just trying to struggle. And in the end, he's only given up a couple of hits. He's walked a few. He's gotten out of some innings, and he's winning now by six here in the bottom of the fourth inning. And nobody's out yet. This one lifted into right field, heading back near the wall, tailing back. Could this be another one? Mazzara's hit another home run. Back to back to back go the White Sox. Mazzara with his second home run of the game. This one also goes into the Goose Island bar, into the expensive seats with the televisions, where you have to kind of lean over to see over them to see the game. Somebody's going to get creamed out there, watching themselves on TV get hit with a ball. And that's the eighth home run for Mazzara, the second of the game. Back to back to back, go Encarnacion, Mendick, and Mazzara. And the Sox lead 8-1, and Fires is a fire right now on the mound. And if Luis Robert goes deep and we get four in a row, it's pants-off dance-off time here in the booth. First pitch low and away, Fires with a slider. If I'm Mike Fires, I just walk the next guy. You don't want to have back to back to back to back. You just don't want to have it. Just walk the next guy. Don't give him anything to hit. Break the string. One and know the count to Robert with no outs here in the fourth and an inside slider catches one and one. You know, you know Luis is looking right now like, oh, if he gives me anything, I'm just going to unload on it. The fans want it too. Half of them are still standing. High pitch misses. There are still half the fans standing up behind home plate right now like they're waiting for the next one. Two and one the count, and a high four-seamer misses three and one with Garcia on deck. What an inning for the White Sox. The three-run home run. Byers comes in and gives up two more in a row. A low outside four-seamer has this count full. Three and two. He hasn't thrown anything near the middle of the plate. Robert patiently awaits. Still no outs here in the bottom of the fourth. Dribble down the third base line. Chapman across the first, the 5-3 put out, and that's the first out here in the bottom of the fourth, with the Sox up 8-1, leading by 7. All those home runs. Montas's final line was 8 hits, no walks, 2 strikeouts, 6 earned runs over 65 pitches, and he officially only goes 3 innings. So he had a rough day against the White Sox. Fires comes in. First pitch he throws is a home run, then he gives up another one. That's incredible. What an output by this team right there. And a low outside four-seamer misses 1-0 the count. Leary, and it's interesting, this is the first time we've seen it all year, has moved into 10th place in the All-Star vote in center field in the simulation. He's gotten enough playing time. He's behind Robert, who's ninth on the list. Neither of them are going to make it. Is this a line shot and picked out of the air at short? Simeon makes a nice play. There's two gone here in the bottom of the fourth inning. And now here comes Grandal. 0 for 2 with a strikeout and a ground out. Hitting 291 and 21 home runs on the season. Standing in the left-handed batter's box. He's a switch hitter. He's got a righty throwing to him. And a 95-mile-an-hour fastball in the inside corner is called a strike. 0 and 1 the count. Now Fires delivers the next one high and in, swung on and missed 0-2. Even if this continues to be a blowout, and there's no guarantee that it's going to be that way. We've had some very interesting games where we jump out in the lead and teams come back or vice versa. I, we got lots to talk about today. 
about what's going on in MLB. As that one misses inside, one and two now to Grandal. And what's going on with Sox in the basement? We got to talk about that too. The one-two pitch, rounded on the third baseline foul, scooped up by the third base coach. Count remains one and two. Now an inside pitch misses two and two as Grandal is not going down easy to fires. The 2-2 pitch on the way. Misses on the outside corner. Count is full with Moncada standing on deck. Average up now for him to 337. Smoking the ball this year. Full count. Two outs. Bottom of the fourth. Socks up by seven. Into the wind in the pitch. Swung on and back up the middle. It's a base hit for Grandal. So the inning continues. He gets a nice at bat in there. He will not be 0 for 3. Instead, he is now 1 for 3. And Yoan Mancada comes to the plate. Mancada with an RBI double earlier in this game. A ground rule double. He went opposite field. He's 1 for 2. Standing in lefty, he takes an inside four seamer for a ball, 1 0 the count. 22 pitches for fire so far this inning, and he didn't even start the inning. The first three runs of the inning were scored off of the starting pitcher, Montas. And then Fires came in and gave up back-to-back home runs. Low inside four seamer hits the zone one and one the count. Mankata, his 337 batting average, has him third right now in the majors. Check that in the American League. Third in the AL right now. Sixth in the all-star vote at third base. Mind-boggling. One and one the count. The pitch on the way. A low slider misses two and one. Sox are going to have probably four to five players likely on this all-star team. Rondal and Abreu both leading at their position. Steve Ciszek is definitely a shoe-in. Gio Gonzalez is likely to make it as a starter with that nine and one record that he has. Three and one the count out of Mankata. Those are right off the top of my head. You could see Aaron Bummer find a way in, although I don't know how many relievers they'll end up taking in the sim. Ciszek, though, looks like he could make it. They actually list him as the number one reliever at this point that would be going to the All-Star game. As you look at the race. Mankata walks on a high pitch. So the Sox... Get two on with no out. Encarnacion hits a three-run home run. Mendick, on the very next pitch from a very new pitcher, hits a home run. And then Mazzara hits his second of the game. They go back to back to back. Then Fires gets two outs and thinks, well, this is the end of the inning. I'm going to end it. And then Grandal with a base hit and a walk to Mancada. And here's Jimenez. Ground ball scooped up by Chapman. He made a nice play going towards short there to stop it from getting in between him and the the shortstop, Seaman. The flip at the first. The inning is over. One run on two hits for Oakland. Eight on 11 for the Sox after four here on the south side. Ramon Laureano is one for two with a double and a run score. He led off the game with a double and scored. The A's felt pretty good about themselves at that point. Now they're trailing eight to one here in the top of the fifth inning, and it is the DP3 Tech, fifth inning, DP3 Tech, partnered with Microsoft came up with a way for you to work mobily at home, at work, the whole office migrate your systems over 
keep everything secure. They started as a security firm, came up with this idea that is taking off worldwide. And they're a south side business. And they, I talked to them, man. They're, they're, the phone's ringing off the hook. Businesses small and big are getting the free estimates, are finding out how they do things, getting installed. They're working hard over there. And people love it. Forget these Google cells. Forget these, uh, you know, trying to keep track of all these accounts and your Zooms and everything else. The ground ball in the left field and the base hit. The leadoff man on again. So Cease continues that trend here on the top of the fifth inning. You know, imagine one touch. Everybody's on the screen. One touch, you're sharing files. One touch, you're sharing anything. All safe and secure. And it works with your company. You don't have to change anything in how you do stuff. It just makes it seem like everybody's there. And it's perfect because you're going to have offices opening and closing. And you don't know what's happening from day to day in this crazy world. DP3Tech, check them out. Information coming midway through this inning. Robbie Grossman's up 0 for 2. Good speed on board. And Loriano. And a swing and a miss. And an inside pitch already has him 0-2 in the hole. He's hit three doubles and had three RBIs in his last seven games. But he's only hitting 188. And an inside pitch hits him, and Cease has now hit his second batter. You may remember that in a recent start, Cease hit three batters, two of them in the first inning. And he's back to hitting batters here. And it's a new thing we did not see early on in the season. But lately, he's hitting a lot of guys, and I don't know if it's because he's working on coming inside on guys and he's missing, if he's trying to add something to his game, or if he's losing control. Inside four, Seamer misses. The Simeon, a sixth-round draft pick in 2011. And the White Sox used to have him in their organization. He's one at one after he fouls off that pitch. With two on, and no out here in the top of the fifth inning. Jimmy Cordero warms in the bullpen. You know Dylan doesn't want to have such a short outing when he gets such a big lead. But he's up to 90 pitches now. 49 for strike and 41 for balls. And he's hit two batters. Two and two now. The all-star shortstop. And an inside four-seamer misses three and two. He was an all-star last year. I don't know if he'll make it this year. Right now, he's not in the top two. The top two are Bogarts and Anderson. That's right, T.A., when I said four to five guys, he could be the fifth that makes it into the All-Star game. We will see. We'll find out on Sunday. The 3-2 pitch, swung on and fouled off. Count remains full. 92 pitches now for Cease. No outs in the top of the fifth and two on. Line drive, Abreu snags it, tries to go to second to double off the runner. He cannot get him. He was pulled towards second base. That's why he wasn't turning around trying to get his own runner that was standing next to him. It is a line out for one out. The runners hold. One gone here in the top of the fifth inning, and Matt Olson comes to the plate 0 for 1. The other victim of the Dylan Cease beanballs in this game. Olson. Won a gold glove at first last year. Got Chapman, his third baseman's a pretty good third baseman. Got good players on this team as a low fastball misses, 2-1. and one. This A's team's pretty good for a team that's currently under 500. 
you always see these A's teams, and they're pretty much put together cheap, and they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. They do it enough that their fan base gets a lot of exciting pennant races. And in the 60-game season, who knows? The o Oakland Athletics could actually do very well. Mark Canna stands on deck hitting 327. The count is now full with one out in the top of the fifth and two on. Sees up to 98 pitches at this point, and he needs to get outs. And he walked him, and I think that might be it for him. Renteria standing up at the top step, talking to Cooper, Cease, walking around the mound like he knows it's coming. And that is going to probably be it. I see Renteria walking out to the mound now. They have a conversation with his pitcher, a very short outing for him. And he's walked the bases loaded here. He's up to 99 pitches. I'm sure he wants to keep pitching. And he's trying to convince his coach, like, hey, we got a, we got a big lead here. But he's also a guy that went very, very deep in his last game. And I think Renteria, after a long discussion now, is telling him, that's it, kid. You, did, you, you went out here. We're close. We're going to get you out of this inning. And you're probably going to end up with a win anyway, even though you only pitched four innings. Jimmy Cordero is coming out of the bullpen. And that's it for Dylan Cease. Jimmy Cordero comes into the game, 21 games, 0-2 record, 21 in the third innings, 5.91 ERA, 21 strikeouts to 12 walks. Righty's hitting 216 against him. Lefty's hitting 333. Now, a lot of those stats that sound bad came in his first run with the team earlier this season. He had a really good start and then had a really bad couple of weeks and got sent down to AAA. Since he's returned in the last week, He's been pretty much lights out again. He throws a strike right down the middle and gets strike one here to Canna. 0-1 the count. Bases are loaded for the Athletics. And one out here in the top of the fifth. I may have mentioned no outs earlier when I was talking about Cease. I forgot. There is one out. Feels like there's none. Inside sinker misses. 2-1 the count. So Dylan goes only 4-30. He throws 99 pitches. He's responsible for these guys on base. We'll see if Jimmy Cordero can help him out a little bit. The 2-1 pitch on the way, low and away, 97 miles an hour, 3-1 the count, with Chapman on deck, hitting 301 with 12 homers and 52 RBI. Like I said earlier, going up 8-1 doesn't mean anything. It's a long game. Ground ball to second, scoop by Garcia, flip to Mendick and over to first. Four to six to three, a pretty double play. Turned by two guys that don't play very often with each other at those positions. And the inning is over. Cordero out of it. Nobody scores. And midway through the fifth, eight to one White Sox. New challenges bring new technology. DP3 Tech has partnered with Microsoft to make things easier on you and your business. Imagine being able to get everybody together in a nice, easy, user experience friendly meeting room and being able to share whatever you want in the room with just one click. You can migrate from old legacy on-premises equipment right now to flexible, secure, work-from-home-friendly cloud services. Bring your group together faster, better, easier. Find out what DP3 Tech can do for you. Contact their cloud migrations team today. 312-896-2450 or email info at dp3tech.com. The Sox escape. Cordero throws the right pitch. And we go to the bottom of the fifth inning now. 
leading 8-1. Mike Fires remains out on the mound. And Abreu is 2-for-2. Stands in and takes a curveball for strike one. Now a low changeup misses, 1-1 the count. Slider down the middle. That's a strike, 1-2. and And now Abreu fouls off a four-seamer high. Count remains 1-2. and And he'll foul off a four-seamer. Count remains the same. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with this Major League Baseball schedule and the White Sox prospects a little bit. Remember, we're going to have Joe Binder from Sox on 35th. He'll be joining us to break down some of that stuff next week. I would expect James Fox, who you've heard many times on Sox in the basement, one of the best guys out there, in my opinion. Now, good dude. Expecting his first child. Big fan of the show or big fans of his. I expect to have him on before this month is out and baseball gets back to business. And there's a few other people that we're hoping to line up over the next couple of weeks as we get into the flow again. Edwin Encarnacion comes to the plate after a strikeout of Abreu. And he will chop this one to the pitcher's mound. And he is down as well, so two gone immediately here in the bottom of the fifth inning. And Danny Mendick comes to the plate. A home run, a single, and an RBI in this game. He's two for two. Danny's feeling it. He's been so much fun to watch. And what we've seen in the sim makes me want to see him in the season. This one's a fair ball down the third baseline, and it's going to bounce over the wall in foul territory after it hits fair on the first pitch. Mendick scorches it down the third baseline for a ground rule double. He has a single, a double, and a home run in this game. And he has the speed that a triple is not out of the question. So there's something to look forward to as this game goes on. We got a guy who's going to be trying for the cycle, but for now he's standing on second with two outs in the bottom of the fifth. And here's Nomar Mazzaro, who's two for two with two home runs. He's got a two-run homer and a solo shot. Looking for his third of the game. He has really started to come into his own over the last week or so. Something turned on. He's hitting over 300 during that time period. The average is starting to climb, and he's taking the ball out. One and one now on that pitch that hits the outside corner for Mazzara. Fires checks the runner, Mendick, at second. The pitch on the way. Low and inside, misses on a fastball, two and one. Nomar shaking the bat, waiting for the pitch. A low fastball misses, three and one the count. And I was talking a little bit about Danny Mendick. I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in this season. Everybody right now is saying, well, get Mandrigal up and just start with him. All right, fine. But we talked about Mendick and how much we liked him at the end of last year. He's a contributor. And I want to see him play a lot. I, you know, I, the way we've used him in the simulation, sometimes when a guy's cold, he takes over. He'll get three, four games in a row where he bounces around the infield and, and, he, and he relieves guys and gives them days off. And Mazzara's called on a strike inside corner, and he's going to go down. He didn't like the call, but the inning is over. With the wind blowing in from right, we have sent four balls out, three of them the left. And after five, we lead 8-1. to one. And Matt Chapman will come to the plate here, 0-2. for two. Now lead off the top of the six, Jimmy Cordero remains in the game. He throws that one inside for a ball, 1-0 the count. Cordero faced the last batter 
In the fifth inning, he gets a ground ball to short. Anderson's going to scoop and throw. And quickly, there's one away. So Cordero's come in and induced the double play ground ball to second. Now he gets Chapman to ground to short. Piscotti comes at a plate 0 for 2. Righty on righty action here with one out already in the top of the sixth inning. And I really would love to see more Danny Mendick. And I'm, I, we wanted to see him a lot towards the end of last season. We yelled about it on Socks in the Basement. Like, if Yomer Sanchez is not your future, why is he playing and not Danny Mendick? Because when Mendick was getting in, he was showing really positive signs. He was showing a lot of things that we're seeing here in the simulation. I don't know if he has all those home runs. I think he's up to six now. But it's possible. There's nothing that says that guy can't go out and contribute to the team. And we liked what we saw in real time last year in September, thought he should have more playing time. I like what I'm seeing in the sim. I'll be very curious to see what happens when the season starts. There's a lot to talk about. Is this a ground ball up the middle and a base hit for Piscotti? One on now with one out in the top of the sixth inning. Because we've been enjoying the simulation, but you have to go back to things that were said in spring training as it was getting underway. The idea that Leori Garcia could be the second baseman to start the season. We hated that. And we saw him more as a guy that could bounce around. And we tried it, though, in the simulation. We did exactly what had been indicated when we started the season. He got off to a terrible start, made multiple errors a second. And when we moved him around and sparingly used him in the infield and used him more as an outfield substitute, and we put Mendick into an everyday role, he excelled. And when Mandrigal came up, it was more because we felt like we had to get him in because we know the White Sox were probably going to bring him up at some point this year. But Danny Mendick was holding it down. And to have those two guys in that situation with Mandrigal up gives so much versatility, so much speed, so much coming off the bench as that's a swing and a miss. And there's two gone here in the top of the sixth. Allen goes down swinging on four pitches. Cordero burns it by him on the inside corner. But there's so much going on. Tony Kemp comes to the plate now 0 for 1 with a walk in the third. There's so much more given to you as a manager when you look at that the way that we looked at it after we did the start of the season. Where you said, okay, well, Garcia's a Swiss Army knife, but we'd like to we prefer to keep him in the outfield more than the infield for defensive purposes. Okay, well, Mendick actually is a pretty good player, and he makes good contact, which has paid off. So this one's flied out in the right field. And I would love to see the White Sox start with Nick Madrigal on the 40-man roster and on the roster to start for 60 games. I really would. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Midway through the sixth, the Sox continue to lead 8-1. to one. A fly out to right field ended the inning. And now Luis Robert will lead off the bottom of the sixth. As the Sox are up 8-1 in cruising against Mike Fires. Robert's 0-2 for 2 in this game. He's been on a tear as of late. Now I'm talking about how much I like Danny Mendick. But I don't expect Luis Robert to have this rough of a start. I don't think he's going to come up and be gangbusters. There's always an adjustment coming to the major league levels. This one's flying out to center field, and there's one gone. We saw Jimenez have to deal with it. We saw Mancada have to deal with it for a whole year. Now look what he is. You know, there's an adjustment when guys come up. It's a big step. Everybody goes, well, look how he jumped from A to double A. Not as big of a step. Double A to triple A, not as big of a step. 
I mean, if each one of those is a step, imagine if there were like seven steps missing between AAA and the majors. There's a reason there's so many guys that were great in AAA and can't do it in the major leagues. It's a completely different level. This one's grounded to third, and there's two gone immediately as Garcia heads back to the dugout. Yasmani Grandal comes to the plate one for three. Fires trying to have a good inning here for the A's. First one in a while. 60 RBI for Grandal at this point. Leading the team. He also leads the team in home runs with 21. And he's hitting in the 290s, the high 290s. The 0-1 pitch on the way. Swung on and lifted, jam shot down the first baseline, hooking foul, 0-2. But we don't know what Robert's going to do. Curveball inside misses. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe we're going to get a real indication as to what the White Sox think of these players. Because you are taking a risk. Over 60 games, if it doesn't all click, you burned a year of service time on a guy. And so... Do they want to do that if they if they come out of the gate and the team hasn't gelled? If they think this team is going to need to gel at some point this year, is this a ground ball to second, thrown over to first in the end of the inning? If they think that this team can't come out right away, do they punt? It'll be very interesting to see what the Sox do. I hope they don't. After six, we lead by seven, eight to one. Carson Fulmer is going to come in now and pitch the top of the seventh inning. 18 games. 31 in the third innings, 3.16 ERA, 45 strikeouts to 14 walks. He's got two three-inning saves and blowouts, and that might be what you're going to watch here. As the Sox have elected a lot of times when there's a big lead to let him, because he's got an arm that can go multiple innings, come in and eat those innings. But he's not entirely just a mop-up guy. He's actually shown some very good stuff and pitched in some high-leverage situations and come out okay this season. And there's another guy. There's a question for you. Now, of course, he's going to make the team. He's out of options. He's going to make the team. And with these extra guys you can carry around, the taxi squad and everything else like that, and trust me, we got to get into all this and break it all down. There's so much to go through. But here's a guy. Could be a big contributor for you. But it'll be very interesting to see what the Sox actually believe about their team this year. My instinct is to say, go for it. It's 60 games. Anything can happen. Put your cards on the table and let's go. Have Kopech ready, opening day. Have Rodon ready, opening day if he's ready and there's a really good chance he could be. Have Madrigal on the team, ready to go. Unless he struggles like crazy in spring training, have him ready to go. Let's go for it. And I think that's the thing. The only way that a guy like Nick Madrigal should not start on the team this year is if in this new spring training, he, do- he doesn't look very good. And they can honestly say he's just he's just not hitting the ball like he was last year. Something's not right. Robbie Grossman takes an inside pitch, 1-0 the count after Fulmer records the first out. He's 0-2. One out in the top of the seventh inning. And I think that's the thing. Like Otherwise, I want to see all these guys. Ready and, and, and let's go. Let's go get it. Because in 60 games, what if you get out a, to, a, to a hot start? And then you got the trade deadline 35 days in. And you're going to have teams that are like, we're in financial ruin, or we're upset about this, or we didn't get off to a good start, and it's time to move this guy along, and somebody comes available you didn't even know was available. And it turns out somebody wants something you didn't even know anybody would be interested in. Next thing you know, you add a piece, you head into the postseason. 
and a miracle happens. This is a rebuild year, and in a 162-game schedule, the best the White Sox could have hoped for, in my opinion, was competing for the wild card spot. One of those two wild card spots, probably the second one, where they're playing one game on the road in the postseason, hoping to win one and get into the real tournament. Swing and a miss. Rondell's going to pick it up after it rolled behind him and get it down the first and the drop third strike. Two gone here in the top of the seventh inning. And Marcus Simeon, 0 for 2 with a walk and an RBI on a ground out. He drove in a run in the first inning. Comes up with two outs here in the top of the seventh. Fulmer able to get the first two guys, the one and the two hitter. And here's the three hitter. Strike on the inside corner, 0 and 1. Simeon fouls that one off. Count 0 and 2 now, a swing and a miss. At another ball in the dirt that rolls. Rondell's going to throw it up the first baseline in foul territory and get him running towards first. Two drop third strikes. Fulmer throwing some balls that are dipping there. But he gets him one, two, three, and we're going to sing the seventh inning stretch up by seven. Lou Trevino is going to come in and pitch for the A's now. 34 games, 40 in the third innings, and a 4.69 ERA. He's got seven holds on the season. He will take over. Yoan Mancada will lead off the bottom of the seventh inning. The White Sox lead this game 8-1. to one. He's 1-2 one for two with a double and an RBI on that double, hitting 337. Drew a walk the last time up. He's got 14 home runs on the season. We're talking a little bit here about what could happen with the White Sox as they start this thing off. And in 60 games, anything can happen. A five-game losing streak could kill you. And as much as you might be afraid of that as a White Sox fan, if you're a Twins fan right now, you're like, oh my goodness. Who knows how we'll start? You don't know. There are some teams that just don't get off on the right foot. And you don't get off on the right foot, you may never recover. And so that'll make this very, very interesting. And then that trade deadline, 35 days into it, or 35 games into it, or right around that mark, it's a one-and-one one count here to Mancata. The pitch on the way. Swung on and missed a high four seamer, one-and-two. You got to get off to a good start. You got to play steady ball. The manager is really going to come into play here. And Renteria has the opportunity to manage this team very differently over 60 games than you would over 162. So whereas in a 162-game schedule, I would say you're just competing for that wild card spot, and if you get it, it's a victory. Because the team is just coming together. Ground ball, the third is going to be taken by Olsen, he'll step on the bag, unassisted three put out, there's one gone, and here comes Jimenez, 14 homers and 49 RBIs, he's one for three in this game Renteria, if he's got all those extra pitchers, you can go to six man rotations, you can do what we've been doing, where you got Kopech kind of sitting there, but if a guy gets off to a bad start, he's in in the third or fourth inning, you make sure he starts with a clean inning, so you get a reliever in there to fix things if you need to and then you bring him out and you got, a, you got a second starter that can come in. You know, you can, you can play matchups. You can change your rotations around. There's all kinds of things you can do, and you got lots of pitching coming out of the bullpen. So it's really on Ricky Renteria. In a 60-game schedule, it'll be interesting to see if he's the kind of person that can look at it and see it as it's different than just everyday baseball. He may say it in interviews, and you don't know what he's going to say here, especially after they, they report. But it's all going to come down to how he treats the team, knowing it's only 60 games instead of 162. Because you're not doing this, well, we just got to stick with this guy. He'll come out of it. No, 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 no. Guy doesn't have it. He, he's going, in a week, he's on the bench. 
because you can't sit around and stick with a guy forever. And so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Jimenez lifts this one down the first baseline in the foul territory, two and two the count. It's going to be so intriguing. And I don't mind a 60-game schedule because I don't think the White Sox are going to win the World Series with 162. Ground ball to third and thrown over the head of Olsen. Chapman sends it into the stands or into the netting above the dugout. And Jimenez gets a two-base error. He's down to second. He would have been easily out on a good throw. Routine ground ball airmailed. He's down to second base with one out. Here comes Abreu, who's two for three. So Aloy stands on second. And the Sox may not be done scoring runs. They're up eight to one. Sent down the third baseline, hooking foul the first pitch. Trevino checks Jimenez. Now throws a ball high, one and one the count. The next offering in the zone, and he lifts this one deep out in the left center field, tailing back near the wall. It is off the wall. Jimenez coming around third is he actually going to hold now. Aloy did not judge the ball well, and neither did his third base coach. They're watching the outfielder run back to that and not understanding that ball is going to be off the wall or over. They treated it like the outfielder was going to catch it. Canna. They thought he was going to get to that ball. He sat between second and third and watched it and then didn't move until it hit off the wall. It bounced right into Canna's glove and he turns around and throws it immediately. Jimenez would have had probably a 50-50 chance at home, but he should have been moving right away. It became very obvious before that ball hit the wall that it was not going to get caught, at least to me. And now here's Edwin, who's one for three with a three-run home run, and one and one in the count takes an outside fastball, two and one. Runners on second and third, and Abreu and Jimenez, one out here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Sox looking to add more runs on to this already seven-run lead. Swing and a miss at a four-seamer, two and two the count. So there's going to be a lot of decisions the White Sox have to make. And I think the first thing is we've got to see whether or not any players opt out. I believe we find that out today. So by the time you're listening to this, you might already know. But we might have players in Major League Baseball decide they're opting out. And they have to inform their teams. And these rosters have to be sent to Major League Baseball. And the deadline is very quick. It's not have spring training and figure out your 60 men. As this one's lifted down the third baseline, fair ball. In comes Jimenez, around comes Abreu. He will score. And a two RBI single for Edwin Encarnacion, his fifth RBI of the game. He has five of them on the three-run home run and that two-run single right there. And the Sox continue to pile it on. They lead 10-1. to one. I kind of like the close sims. I really do. I like the close sims. Here's Danny Mendick. He's looking for a triple. Triple gives him the cycle. And an inside two-seamer misses. There's one out here in the bottom of the seventh. I don't know if he gets another at bat. He's a triple shy to cycle. He got a single. Then he got a home run. Then he hit a double. And his first three times up. He's 1-0 in the count. He does not have very good speed on first base. And the next pitch down the middle for a strike. 1-1 one one the count. And you know what? Folks, I'm so busy talking to you. We're going to uh, we're gonna have some fun here. Let's see if he can get the triple and get Edwin, the human roadblock, off of first base and put some speed out there. 
so Danny doesn't get hung up if he actually gets a hold of one. So we're going to do that. We're going to take Nick Mandrigal, and we're going to put him in there for Edwin as a pinch runner because he won't slow up Mendick if Mendick hits something that could be a triple. So we're going to do that pinch run. If you've been paying attention, you realize that in The Sims, I have to make some managerial decisions. When it's a good decision, I kind of take credit. A bad one, I blame Ricky Renteria. Ground ball to short, the flip to second. They'll get Madrigal. Mendick, though, safe over at first. So a fielder's choice. He doesn't get the triple, and there's two gone. And up comes Nomar Mazar. He's two for three with two home runs today. Three RBI. And he takes a strike on the inside corner, 0-1. Last time up, he struck out looking, didn't like the pitch. The 0-1 pitch now hits the outside corner, taking 0-2. Trevino's had to throw 24 pitches so far and has given up two runs here in the seventh. Mendick with good speed over at first base. And this one has popped up down the third baseline over the tarp. Stuck between the netting and the tarp. And I wonder if there'll be netting if there's no fans. Although I think there'll be fans. Lori Lightfoot's playing Lori Lightfoot games and saying, well, even though the governor said you can have 20% of the ballpark, I'm not so sure with my ballparks. And the Sox are kind of beholden to her. But I can't imagine that they're not on the phone right now or they're not in a boardroom coming up with a plan to be able to get approval from the mayor's office to have fans in the stands. I think that there'll be 20%. I don't think there'll be anybody behind home plate or in fair territory from foul pole to foul pole. But you could spread them out in the outfield and put them in the upper deck and tell the players you're not even going to have contact with the fans. And you're completely safe from that. And we could still have a gate. Two and two the count. And think about it. Sox who basically say these are the only ramps that are open. Not even let people in to that area on the lower level between foul poles. Swung on and lifted down the first baseline. Hooking foul into the stands. Two and two. With two outs here in the bottom of the seventh. And a runner on first. Mazzara stands in and awaits the next pitch. Swing and a miss and an outside fastball. He goes down swinging. So two home runs and two strikeouts for Nomar. Not a bad day, even with the two strikeouts. And the White Sox lead 10-1. We're through seven. We're going to talk some more about this season coming up next. Sox in the basement. Matt Olson's 0-for-1. He was hit by a pitch. He walked. He also had a ball thrown over his head last inning. It started off another two runs coming across the plate. He's not a happy camper. I would imagine he's like, I hate this game. I want to I go home. Outside fastball misses. 1-0 the count. Attendance 20,222 at this game. Now, they'll be far less than that if they're able to open up the ballpark because the count is already 2-0 to Olsen. But 20% of your ballpark, and I don't know what the exact capacity is. I'd have to look that up real quick. But you're going to have people there, and you can spread them out. You get it. You get an aisle. You, you, you're in the next row. You're on the other aisle. We're keeping people away from each other. There's plenty of things they can do. Look, with the computer systems they have, they can spread out their tickets like they like the White Sox have been doing for years when they know they don't have a big crowd. You call up and you're like, give me the best seats you can give me. Oh, yeah, I got you over here. And you're like 12 rows back, but they've got you spread out so it looks like there's more people on TV. We all know that they play these games. And, you know, the ticket agents have to be playing those games. Nobody chooses to leave seven rows in front of them in the outfield. Mark Canna at the plate. He's already 2-1 in the count. There's a runner on first with no outs here in the top of the eighth. Carson Fulmer continuing to pitch. The players are going to play 60 games. 
they're getting paid full salary for those 60 games. The advances they took earlier in the season, though, some of them are playing for free because they already took money for games that they didn't play. This one's flying out to center field. Robert's going to catch it and throw it in. Runner holds it first. One gone here in the top of the eighth. But now the owners, there's nothing that stops them from putting fans in the stands as Matt Chapman comes in. The righty is 0 for 3. So you can go, I think it's 20%, the governor said. Everybody's going to have to go by whatever their current local laws are when it comes to how many people you can put inside of places. The White Sox could put 20 in, but Lori Lightfoot, again, she's she's doing her Lori Lightfoot thing, and she's like, well, you know, I mean, I know the rest of the state is allowing this, but I'm not. For the exact same reason that poor Cork and Carey on Western Avenue couldn't open up as a bar, even if they wanted to serve food, where in suburbs, places that didn't normally serve food were allowed by those villages so they could keep their doors open and their business alive, they were allowed, hey, just wrap up a sandwich or make some uh, some popcorn or something like that. That counts. That was happening all over the suburbs. But in Chicago, it didn't happen. And the, some businesses suffered. And that's a strikeout right there. And there's two gone. Fulmer with his fourth strikeout here in relief. He's got five outs he's recorded. Two gone. So in the same vein, even though Pritzker says, I'm going to open up stadiums, Chicago, likely to have different rules. She's going she's gonna to hold off. She's going to delay. But she can do that and delay, and eventually you can see fans. I think you'll see fans before the season's over. If not on opening day, before the season's over, I think you'll have people sitting out there watching baseball games at the rate. You know, the owners are crying, saying, you know, we're poor. This hurts us. I, I guarantee it's all hands on deck over at the White Sox right now coming up with a proposal showing how they're going to do things, showing that their ticket systems are going to be able to, to say, okay, we're going to put this many people in and this is how we're going to spread them out. So I think there's going to be fans in the stands. And I said on the show on Wednesday, I would go. Dave would not. I said I would go. Swing and a miss at a change up away. That inning is over. We're through the top of the eighth. We continue to lead by nine, 10 to one. The White Sox rolling towards their sixth win in a row here against Oakland. Luis Robert comes to the plate 0 for 3 with a pop out in the 6th inning. I want to kind of share some things that we've gotten from you, the fans, recently. Only because it was touching. It's been, it's been very, very nice. Things that have been written to us. People saying thank you for going and, 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 and doing the simulated season. Uh, I spoke yesterday with Joe Binder from Sox on 35th. Remember, he'll be on the Sox in the Basement broadcast next Wednesday, the regular show. And he has gotten so many people that have reached out to him and said thank you for doing the sim season as Robert is now 1-2 and two in the count with no outs here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Trevino remains in pitching. And the response has been amazing. And we've been happy to do it. We, we really have enjoyed doing it. Robert strikes out looking. And he uh, stands there and argues with the umpire. He did not like that call at all. One gone here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Here's Garcia, one for four with a double and a run scored. Just to read some of them, I don't want to give out people's last names, but we post these all over the social media. We have people that send us messages. This one's popped out the short, and there's two gone quickly. 
Phil said, and I'm going to read what he said, and it's very nice. Thank you, Chris, for your service. In the simulation games, you kept me from going nuts through the lockdown. You call a great game. Let's go, good guys. Well, thank you. And I, I reply back to him, you're welcome, of course, and thank you for the compliment. You know, I always wanted to, to do broadcast. I really did. I always wanted the broadcast games. But I fell in the morning radio when I was younger. And by the time I was out of it, I felt like I was too old to get into this. You know, I just, uh, I would have had to just drag my family around to small towns. And I just didn't feel like that was the right age to get into something new. It really feels like a very different thing than being a, a morning radio guy. But then again, podcasting's different too. So who knows? You know, maybe I'll go knock on somebody's door, one of these minor league teams in the Chicago area, and start calling radio games for them. I really dug doing this. It was a lot of fun. Rondell comes to the plate. 0-2 quickly. And is it bad? Sue said, me too, in the same thread. Thank you so much for all that you do. So enjoyable. I look forward to it every day and wait until the evening so I can have a cold one while listening. You should get an award for this. And I, of course, said thank you very much to Sue as well. That's very nice of her. You know, I, I think all of you deserve an award as well. And look what we've had to go through over the last couple of months. <laughs> look at the fact you're listening to baseball simulations to keep yourself sane. We all deserve an award. You know, we always make fun of the whole idea that everybody gets a trophy. I want everybody to get a trophy. With the next uh, stimulus check, send me a trophy too. You know, right? Something like that. Rondell strikes out looking. That ends the eighth. Let's see if we can ramp this thing up quickly. Going to the top of the ninth. Carson Fulmer remains on the mound. He's going for the three-inning save in a 10-to-1 game. And Austin Allen's over two with a walk in the fourth inning. He's got a 268 average, eight home runs, and 41 RBI. As we're here in the top of the ninth with the Sox leading 10-1. to We had the back-to-back-to-back homers. They really broke this game open. Scored two more runs just last inning, two innings ago, in the seventh. Now we're just trying to move this thing along. Fulmer, 1-1 one one now to Allen. As he stands in the left-handed batter's box, Carson has thrown 37 pitches so far here in relief. Swing and a miss at a four-seamer, 1-2. Cease went only four and a third. He gave up a run, but he'd already thrown 99 pitches and was gassed. He left with the bases loaded. Cordero gets the ground ball double play induced. There's a ball inside, misses two and two now to Allen. And then he comes out and pitches the next inning, does a great job. Fulmer comes in after that, and he's just been steady. Fly ball out in the center field. Robert underneath it makes the play. One gone. Carson Fulmer has been a revelation during this simulated season. And trust me, he does not have, like, he doesn't look good on paper, let's say. Like, in the simulation on MLB The Show, he doesn't look like he has a chance of even making a team. And, and yet, somehow, if used the right way, he actually turns into a pretty good pitcher. And we've talked about this. We talked about it with Joe Binder when we talked earlier in the season because Sox on 35th has been doing the wrap-up of all these games. And they'll wrap up this one as well, and they'll be keeping track of us as we fast-forward and get through the sim. We talked about this with Joe, and he said, you know, you might see Ricky Renteria use his staff the way that you're using it because now we're not developing guys. Now it's time to try to win. And this is how you really should use the staff. You know, and I'm not saying that I'm a major league manager, but, uh, you know, if a guy like me, a fan, can sit here and say, that, well, this is how you use this guy and it's paying off, I would hope the guy who sees him every day does that. But then again, I don't have any emotions tied to these players. 
I don't. I don't know. I don't know him personally, and I'm a fan. And I look at stats and I look at numbers. I go, this guy's good at this, and this guy's bad at this. Three and one the count to Tony Kemp. He's 0 for two with one out here in the ninth. That one's fouled off down the third base line. Three and two the count is full. Nobody on. Carson Fulmer has been cruising since he came in to start the seventh inning. Now this one's grounded over to right field through the hole between Garcia and Abreu. Out and a right and a base hit for Kemp. So a run around here with one out in the top of the ninth inning. And Ramon Laureano is two for four. He's hit the ball hard every time up. Looking good. So it'll be interesting to see how close one the White Sox are in terms of how they manage the team. I would hope that they are running on the base paths. You have some guys with speed. We've shown that when you get, as that one's popped up to the catcher, and quickly two gone, a broken bat pop-up to Grandal. And now here's the guy we've been waiting for. It'll be interesting. I'll finish that thought. It's, it would be interesting to see if we're stealing as many bases as I have said let's try and do. Let's use speed in the right situation, but let's use it and press teams and try to get the offense opened up. This one's lifted into shallow left center field. Robert underneath it. He'll make the catch. And this ball game is over. Carson Fulmer, three innings, 50 pitches. Holds him down along with Jimmy Cordero in the end. Three pitchers combined to give up only one run. A lot of pitches thrown by the White Sox, but they held down the A's. And in the process, put four balls over the fence. Four homers, 10 runs in total. White Sox offense back. This past week has been incredible. Baseball's back. The simulated Sox are back. I'm pumped up. Fireworks are going off. Happy day to everybody. And as we leave this broadcast, I want to leave you with a quick note. You're going to see people, the same writers, the same people who are clamoring for baseball over the past few months because their jobs depended on it. Wait for them to start getting negative now. They're going to start saying things like, maybe we shouldn't be playing. Thought, think pieces. At any moment now, they might shut baseball back down again because they want clicks. Start ignoring those negative people. Because remember, these are the same people who are telling you they're going to play, everything's going to be great because they wanted to get you to click on that. And when you see those guys start writing on the other side of it, because now baseball is back, that should expose what kind of a writer they are. They're not all going to do it, but trust me, I can already start to see it seeping through the cracks with those that write about Major League Baseball. Okay, And those are the people you kind of have to ignore. Remember, remember what they were saying three months ago when they wanted you to click on it because they were afraid they were going to get laid off. Beware of the, the mainstream sports media. and Sometimes they're a little shady. Nomar Mazzara is your right fielder tonight and your big winner, player of the game, two for four, two home runs and three RBI. You could also make a case for Edwin Encarnacion, two for four with a home run, five RBI and a run score. Or Denny Mendick, who goes three for four, a triple short of the cycle with a solo shot, a double and two runs scored. And Jose Abreu goes three for four with a double and two runs scored. Everybody did well out there. Jimmy Cordero actually gets the win. I, I don't, I got to go look up why that is. It, it must be because, like, is, is it because? I have to look that up. I think I know everything about baseball and then I get confused. And I can't tell if it's the game or not. Because Dylan Cease was winning the game. And he was winning it by plenty of runs, but he only went four and a third. Cordero goes one and two-thirds, gives up a hit, a strikeout, uh, no walks, no earned runs. And Fulmer gets the three-inning save in this game. And Dylan Cease actually struggled, but only gave up one run over four and a third innings. The Sox win this game 10-1. We'll be back tomorrow for game two. And then after that, 
we start picking and choosing some series and some games and fast-forwarding the simulation as we get ready for Major League Baseball to return in a month. My name is Chris Lanuti. This is Socks in the Basement, the podcast for fans, by fans, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.